Something strong on my heart that Pastor Kim's going to help me with him? here today. Can you hear him okay? Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, that's That better. helps, huh? That's better. All right. Well, I won't talk about that. This, this microphone is very directional, so you have to get it really in the right place. Um, Can I mention 9-11 first? Well, and this is, this is kind of partly where, uh, and it's an example of, of what I want to talk today about, is um, there's, uh, we are participants in a, in a competition right now, and um, sometimes we're not aware of it, and things aren't as they seem. Um, and we'll, we'll get into this in some detail, but uh, what we're born into in Christ and, and what we're, uh, well, actually what we experience, we're, we're getting ready to, kind of, you, you can see in the stores already, they're getting ready for Halloween. Isn't it amazing how? No, Christmas. There's Christmas on. Oh, okay, Christmas. But my, my example is kind of Halloween. And, and you get these movie, you know, preview things about the spirit realm. You know, when they always try to make it like it's, it's something that's mysterious in a different, you know, some people experience these kind of things. And that's why it's so in, in, alluring and everything. But the, the spirit realm is actually a, a very real realm. <laughs> And it's it's around us. Actually, we are spirits. And um, what we tend to do is just try to put even the spirit realm into a physical realm. You know what I mean? It's like we we want to, uh, something that's going on that appears, and 9-11 was this way. Um. There was attack on our on our nation, and it and it it was it was something that you know we, we found out who did it. We did all these kinds of things, but there was a spiritual attack on our nation. What was really interesting about this is when this happened, and it jerked everybody out of their comfort zone. What people went back to was the spirit. Yeah. Isn't that kind of interesting? People start praying when they can't figure things out. And the spirit realm was just as real when they thought they had it figured out. In fact, it's more real. But there's a battle that's going on. Let me, let me just get to a couple things here. Um, all things, all is not as it seems. So, so what I want us to really, especially as, as Christians, but just in the natural, things aren't like they appear to be. We we're, we go into the store. We experience. Have you ever been around somebody and all of a sudden you start to feel something? There's something going on in your spirit just by, by being around somebody, you know. And and I've had this, you know, just as a pastor, you know, we get to experience people a lot of times. And and I'll tell you what, my heart and God's heart is open to everybody. But you can kind your spirit can sense where people are coming from, right? Anybody have that experience, you know? And you can sense yourself. You can sense when there's a spirit of heaviness, right? <laughs> when it's like an oppression or something. You know, it's like, where in the world did that come from? Or, or you can go back and you can begin to analyze it. And you say, well, this didn't work out and that didn't work out. So, and a lot of times that's what we end up doing. We just keep it in the, in the flesh realm, in the reasoning realm. We always want to keep it in that realm because that's what we understand, or we think we do, <laughs> right? But it's not all as it seems. And, and, but 
it's not just that. There's actually a competition in these two realms for us. So, so when a child is, is, is first conceived, they, they, get a, they get a spirit. And the spirit is very precious. And, and, and the body begins to grow around that spirit, right? And, and actually the mind begins to... It's, it's amazing to see a little child. It's, it's amazing how slow humans grow in their mind. You know? It's like little, little Shiloh, our, our, our grandson. Um, you know, he, he's amazing. But, you know, our dog can jump up and run around and, and sit and stay and, and poop in the right place and everything else, you know. <laughs> like within a month or two of you getting them. And, <laughs> and, and, and humans, they develop a lot longer because they're not just a body. They're not just reasoning. They're not just flesh. They're forming around a spirit. Right. And from the moment we first take our first breath, there's a competition for who's going to direct our lives. And you know, little children, a lot of times the first thing we, we deal with is, is anger, right? You haven't fed me yet. Get with it. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but how they develop has much to do with their surroundings. Yeah, true. Right? And, and how they develop a sense of morality has much to do with how they're taught discipline. You know? And you can, you can just keep it in the natural realm and you can just say, well, this is what you're supposed to do. But something else is happening here because that little spirit has a sense of what is right and wrong. From the moment it takes its first breath and it begins to develop whether it's going to listen to the spirit or listen to the flesh. Because built into the flesh is a desire to do something else. <laughs> now, all of us have our own, our own sensitivity points. All of us have different things, right? And, and we can say, well, I'm not as bad as that. But, you know, even, even some of these, um, I, I was thinking about it this way. We, we've had some shootings in the country, right, where a, a young man will go into a, a school and begin to just shoot everybody up. And it's like, how in the world did they get to that place? And, and you know, you hear the commentators talking about it, and they say, oh, that's just, he, he's just, a, what do they call it? a monster? They, they like to call him a monster. They, they like to, and, and so we can say, oh, that's extreme. That's somebody that's, you know what, they, that began when they were a little child. There was a battle for that soul. And they began to, over time, do what their flesh was telling them to do. And the flesh won. And, and a lot of the commentators that are calling people monsters, they have a dominance of their own in the flesh. Things aren't just the way they seem to be. And, and there's, a, there's a, a necessity of being able to see what actually is. So you had an example, I think, about 9-11 yeah, that we I think was so... Yeah, we were talking about, you know, today is 9-11, and we want to just, of course, always remember and honor those who lost their lives and sacrificed such a great um, everything for, for our freedoms and, 
Um, you know, I posted today or yesterday on Facebook, we don't ever want to get tired of remembering 9-11 because it was a, it was a huge, uh, pivotal time in our, in our history and in our nation. And we should be so grateful for those who, who did go in and rescue and sacrifice their lives. But I heard a story of a young man who had just gotten out of college and had achieved um, his goals in, in his, um, you know, education and he was offered this amazing job, and it was like beyond, uh, you know, his his heart's desire for monetary means. He wanted this specific in income, and this was this job was just way beyond, and it was perfect. Everything about it was perfect. Couldn't have asked for better. And if you were like, you know, spiritual, you might think, oh, this is just this is God. Everything is lining up. But he just didn't have peace about it, and he did not take the job. And three months later, 9-11 occurred. And had he taken the job, he would have been in one of those twin towers and had lost his life. So the obedience of following after his spirit instead of his flesh, because I'm sure his flesh wanted that money, wanted that freedom, wanted that prestige, wanted you know to s stick that in his... Uh, his back pocket on because he's just getting going with his business and his, you know, so that's that looks good on his uh, on his resume. resume. Thank you yeah. for the word. Anyway, he, he followed his spirit and it saved his life. So so there is this this built into us what, what God has built into us. Um, and, and we'll see that it, it's it's a sense that we all have of what the right thing to do is in the moment. But there's a battle against that that's always taking place. So what happens is in the flesh, when the flesh is yielded to, and some of us can get, I mean, we can get disciplined. You know, we can get good to where we, we can resist certain things. But the, what the enemy is always, there is always going to be, and we are always participants throughout the day. And this is what the, the devil wants to do. He wants to say, well, that's not, not part of that. That's not your flesh. That's just you recognizing circumstances. But I want to say this about somebody, uh, and, and I'm, not, I'm not putting them down. I'm just recognizing something. That, no, 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 no. That's you wanting to yield to something that your conscience, your spirit is saying you shouldn't do. How, how many have ever done? I, that's one of the most basic things, I believe, is saying something about somebody that you shouldn't say, Right? And this isn't this isn't about condemnation. I, I I want us just to be able to see that it's not just what we think it is. It's not just something outward that we can look at. There's a spiritual content to everything that we're choosing to do, right. and either we're yielding to the spirit, and the spirit. This is even in the natural, and we're going to look at this. The way God has made us, He's built into us. Right and wrong in our consciences. But what the enemy wants to do, and, and he, he battles for this because he wants us. He wants to steal, to kill, and destroy. How is he going to do that? He's going to make things look like they are different than what they seem, than what they are. And it, and it does start in the mind. You know, I, I have this statement written down. Whatever you give your mind to will eventually be your master. And that's, you know, with your spirit. And I remember Dad Hagen wrote a book, a Right and Wrong Thinking. And it's really important what you're thinking on because you guys know where the mind goes, the man follows. And so, uh, you, like you're talking about, that the beginnings of this young man making decisions on 
you know, the, the negative uh, things that are coming out of his life began in the very beginning. That's why it's important our mind is renewed because it's a spiritual battle and it begins here. This is where the battlefield is, is in the mind. So we have to renew and refresh that thinking yeah. all the time. So it's a condition that we all have. It's, yeah. it's, it's a challenge. That, so it's going to be a lot of times what is driving the thoughts is our passions, things that our flesh wants. It can be food. It can be consumption. It can be, it can be uh, to, to be successful at something. Yeah. It's it's anything that is in a mature. So it, it's not that some things are bad, but it's when they are driving what we're doing. And what the enemy wants to do is is to to catch us in that. So here's what here's a here's a reality, and I'm gonna just look at this. Um, the flesh always leads to compromise and demise, while the spirit or conscience is leading to righteousness and blessing. So this is, a, this is a condition of every man, whether they've actually received Christ yet or not, is the battle of the spirit against the flesh. And we're going to see how this is, this is something that is, is taken on by God. But I want us just to see this as a natural way for ev- that everybody is, there's a battle for their soul. That is the spirit against the flesh and the mind. So it's it's the thoughts and the and the flesh that that go together against the spirit, right? But there has to be understood that the flesh will always lead to demise, while the spirit always leads to life and blessing. Okay, so what would it be like? And so uh, you know, if if we could just change everything, and we could say, what would it be like if? If I always listen to my spirit from now on, you know, how could we, how could we fix like criminals or people, you know, that, that, um, do these monster things. If you could just fix their spirit, right? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Cause, cause the spirit always leads to righteousness. It always leads to good. Doesn't it? And the flesh always leads. I thought about, you know. Uh, Samson, because this is how the flesh, this is how the, the enemy does it. He'll, he, he, he took a passion inside of, of Samson that was wrong in itself, but he used it to break down Samson's commitment to what God told him to do. And he didn't do it in one day. He didn't do it in one temptation. It was a, it was a steady progression of, oh, just try this. Oh, just try that. And and what ends up being is, oh, it, by the time he, he told her, he told Delilah that if he cut, if, if they cut his hair off, he's going to lose his strength. He didn't even see it for what it was because he got so blinded by giving in and following the flesh because his, his passions led him that way. And that, that's, a, that's a battle that we are always in, right? So what would it be like, though, if you could, if, if, if we could just fix people and say, okay, now, it's, it's not just your circumstances. Let's just follow the Spirit. Nobody would have gone into the Twin Towers that day. Everybody would have been saved, right? Because they'd have been listening to their Spirit. What would it be like for that? And that's, this is actually God's intent. Uh, God desires for everybody to, to follow their Spirit. So what is God's part in this? If this is how we are, if there's a battle between the spirit and the flesh, how does God deal with this? 
Because remember in the garden, that, that was the first time, like, it's like, uh, I'm going to bail on God and I'm going to go with my flesh. How did that go? You know, it didn't go too well for all of mankind because what happened was not only was there a, a, a triumph of the flesh over the spirit, but it actually brought death to the spirit to where it, it, it couldn't perceive things like it should, right? So let's look at this and... and um, before we do, can we, let's just pray real quick. And we went on vacation a couple of weeks ago, and when you don't know where you are, you very much use GPS everywhere you go. And so we put our destination into our GPS, and all of a sudden, it started telling us that we needed to make a U-turn. And we were following it the whole time, and all the, you could see it visually, it was, and I, he kept saying, Wait, where do we miss it? Where do we miss? But it corrected where we were going and, and fixed it and told us, wait, you missed something. You need to go back here. And, you know, it's on my watch, too. So it's, it's you, you guys know the Apple Watch. It's, it, it's beeping on my watch. It's like, come on, you're going the wrong direction. And it's like it totally uh, alerted us to know that we were going the wrong direction a couple of different times. Now, I don't know exactly what happened why we got off, but I, I love that it's, to me, GPS is like God's protective system. It's like, it's, it's the inward, and that's what the witness of the Holy Spirit, the, the power of the following the leading of the Spirit does for us, is it can keep us from going the wrong direction. I mean, had we keep going, we would have been off on a journey, you know, off for a long, long time, going the wrong direction. And, and that's what happens. The Holy Spirit will alert us and give us Hello, you're going the wrong direction. You're in the wrong area. I need you to turn around and go back. And that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. If we miss it, because a lot of times we don't step out and we don't do things because we're afraid we're going to miss God. And I love, I love it when we, when we have the assurance of the Holy Spirit on the inside because he's not going to leave us or forsake us. And if we've missed it, we just stop and turn back and go back where we were, where we missed it, and pick, up back, pick it up back again where where we thought we missed it. And God's so faithful to meet us there. He's so wonderful. But we can rely on that GPS or the Spirit of God on the inside of us to lead us and guide us in all things. Amen. Amen. So there's a, there's a need when we're, especially when we're reading through the, the New Testament to understand, because uh, Paul is, is deal, deal, dealing with a culture that has, has been given uh, an approach by God to deal with the condition of our spirit. Because whether or not we are, are forgiven or not, our spirits always are knowing whether or not we're doing something right or not. Yeah. And, and sin always leads to death. So God had to deal with that. I mean, hundreds of years went by uh, before, before Jesus came. And so what he did in the interim, he said, we're going to deal with this problem of the, of the spirit not having a voice in what the direction of somebody's life. So what did he do? With Moses, he, he gave him a law, didn't he? He said, we're going to make it really clear what the flesh should do. We're going to say, flesh, you're going to do this, and you're not going to do this. What was God doing? He was providing a way for there to be a triumph of the Spirit. Even back then. He said, we're going to make it so that the flesh does not have to dominate the spirit. So we're going to tell the flesh what to do. 
right? And that's what he did in the law. But, but the problem is, it's not just a flesh issue. It's a spiritual issue. There's, there's something bigger that needs to take place. Uh, Ephesians 6.12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That, 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 that's a competition, isn't it? And always, if the enemy can get it into the realm of flesh and blood, of what I think, of what somebody else thinks, you know, the only thing that's moving our country in one direction or not or another right now is what somebody thinks and who you're listening to about what you should think, right? So he wants to keep it in the realm of what I think about this, what I think about that, and we're not wrestling. This is not where we are. That's not where we get our GPS, right? Is it, uh, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but we're wrestling against principalities, against powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That's what God was trying to deal with with the law because Jesus wasn't here yet. He said, but I'm gonna make, it, I'm gonna make a way for man to actually allow his spirit to win. All he'll have to do is submit to my law. And you know, there were a few people that did that well. David did. It was only the ones that actually loved the law of God that allowed their spirits to win in what they chose to do. Even with the law. Even with the old law, right? Okay. So, but we get to Romans, and and Romans actually makes it very clear in in. In Romans 1, Paul's talking about this and he says, you know what, there isn't anybody that has an excuse of how they choose to live their life. He said, from the beginning, the heavens declare the glory of God. Right? He says, and every person has within themselves a conscience. But he goes through that and he gives all the examples of, of people compromising and allowing even their, their flesh to take over and to dominate. And he says, I give them up to a reprobate mind. I'll let them go ahead and choose what they want to do. So the problem with the law is that it wasn't just an outward thing that needed to be dealt with. It was an inward thing that needed to be dealt with. Right? So as wonderful as the law was, and Paul even says that it's not that the law was wrong. It was, it was good. It was meant for good. It was meant to bring triumph of spirit over flesh. But it was so unable to do that because bound up in the flesh was another law. It was a law that says, even though I want to do right, I will not do it. It's like, it's like, I've told this before, but it's like Junior the Mean Little Kid. I don't know if Red Skeleton, I don't know if anybody's familiar with that, but it was a radio program, and my dad told me about it, and I haven't heard it that much, but he liked to talk about Red Skeleton and Junior the Mean Little Kid. Should I do it or should I not do it? Something that he was going to be ornery and do. He says, if I do it, I get in trouble. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> and that's, that's what Paul's talking about in Romans. He said, you know what? God gave us a way for the, for the spirit to triumph over the flesh. 
But it was unsuccessful because there's something else going in the flesh. There's a passion inside of the flesh. And, and Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am, what am I going to do? And he's given an example of, of mankind. What are we going to do? You know, we can't just, we can't just point fingers at, at people that don't even know God and say they're such a monster. No. <laughs> they're experiencing exactly what Romans said. He said, the, it, through their whole life, they knew what to do and they chose not to. And they, after a while, God says, I can't do anything. I can't do anything based upon just do this or don't do this. You know what? You take somebody that's bound up in their flesh, tell them not to do it. Does that ever work? It actually makes it worse. Yeah. Sexual addiction, addiction is very bad in this way. And you know, men are, are the ones that, that, that get the, that probably have the biggest problem with this. But you just try to tell somebody that they need to quit doing something. And man, that law of the flesh likes to rise up and say, no, we're doing it anyway. Why? Because that's a condition of the flesh that unless it's dealt with, the flesh always wins. And, you know, we can talk about sexual things, but again, what you say about somebody, how you, how you, what you choose to do today, whether you choose to go into the Twin Tower or not, it all has to do with how we've conditioned who's getting to win on a daily basis. And things aren't just how they seem to be. You don't just don't get to go through a day and not have a spiritual encounter. Choices we make aren't just flesh choices. Well, They're just, spiritual just choices. Just joy. Just choosing joy. <laughs> just choosing walking in love. That's choosing walking in the spirit. Walking in love is probably the biggest thing I think that we all have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Is choosing to, to love people when they're unlovely towards us. And I think, you know, choose enjoy when you don't feel like it. You know, every one of us came in with a bundle of feelings. And we can decide whether we're going to enter into worship based on our feelings. We can decide we're going to worship God based on how we feel today. If we're too tired or I've had a bad week. You don't know what I've gone through. All those things are sense and reasoning. And it's all based on feelings. And the feelings are the flesh. Can I give that? You got it in there? The Kenneth Hagin? Yeah. Yeah. Kenneth Hagin said, feeling is the voice of the body, reasoning is the voice of the mind, and your conscience is the voice of the spirit. So let me say it again. Feeling is the voice of the body, reasoning is the voice of the mind, and conscience is the voice of the spirit. So you know what you're following after. And, and I don't like to ask people, how are you doing? Because then they always tell you how they feel. <laughs> I will I feel like, have you ever had anybody answer you that way? How are you doing today? Well, I just feel, don't tell me how you feel. <laughs> we just need to be walking in the spirit, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and the, the necessity of this is, and we already went over this, but we're given God's perspective of it here. This is Romans 6, 23. It says, the wages of sin is death. Why does God want holiness? Why does, does he, he want to just deprive us, us of everything? You know, I was thinking about that while we were singing uh, about, uh, uh, no, no, about the refiner. You know, because sometimes we can say, man, I don't want to burn. <laughs> and, and sometimes we can get a really a sour look on our face when we're talking about wanting to burn, you know. 
whoa, just burn me, just burn me. Uh. You know, it's like. I'm thinking about this this morning in the context of what we're talking about. Actually, this is, this is, this should be a release. A burning away of things that keep us from having our spirit triumph. Yeah, that's good. You know what I mean? <laughs> because the wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the reality. And this is why God sent Jesus is to deal with this same problem, to allow the spirit to triumph over the flesh. Because you know what has to happen, you know, Paul's talking about this law's built into my flesh, so what has to happen? That flesh has to die. It's the only way. You gotta, the flesh has to die if it's no longer gonna dominate. You know, it's wonderful, the, the, the law of Moses, it was wonderful if somebody could love it enough, like David. But the majority of people, they're too busy living their lives, seeing things in the, in the natural realm and being led by those things and built into their flesh and into our flesh is this tendency to follow things that are not going to be productive. So what we've been given in Christ, the purpose of the law was to overcome the flesh by giving voice to the spirit. And in Romans 7, 23, this is where it talked about this. It says, I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, so there's another thing that's actually inside of me that's, 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 that's a battle going on. Now, what we've been given in Christ, and we're going to see that this is something that, that we have an option. Just choosing Christ to, to be our, our Savior and to... It, and to repent of sin and to turn towards him and believe in him, that's just the beginning. From that point on, we, there's an opportunity to either let our flesh dominate or to let our spirit. But what, what we've been given in Christ is a change in our spirit. But there's a need to see things the way they are in order for the spirit to triumph. Can you see that? It's not just the way it seems. There's a law in my members. You know, a lot of times when you're bound and you something you, you know, and you're being challenged with it, you can say, uh, "That's just the way I am. That's just the way I was born." <laughs> and I mean, there's a lot of that going on right now. <laughs> you know, don't you tell me how. You know, I was thinking about a lot of the stuff that's going on right now. It's lawlessness is what it is. It, 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 you know, I, I got a text from somebody that's, that's running for justice of the peace here. How <laughs> they got my number, I don't know. And, and I, so I said, well, what do you believe about abortion? And, and they, they said, well, this isn't about abortion. I don't even make this. I said, until you, I texted them back and said, until you can get that right, you can't get any other decision right. And they said, well, I believe, you know, that we should give people rights and, and let people have their own choices and personal choices and all these kinds of things. Uh, we should let these things happen and we should make ensure that people have abortion facilities that they should. And, and I said, so you don't believe in God and the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So you don't, you're not even qualified to, to make any judgments. Aren't you, I'm, I'm glad for texting because I'd have a hard time saying that to somebody's face. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. But it's the truth. And, and, it's, and it's exactly what's wrong with our country right now. It's what it is. Is if anything 
disallows my flesh from getting its way, it's a hate crime. If people knew what God says about something, it's not hate, it's love. You don't leave people in bondage and and call it love. Amen? And God's saying, you know what? I love you so much, I'm going to come and kill your flesh. (laughs) Amen? I'm going to do away with a need for the law of Moses because you're going to find something else that fulfills every purpose. What was the purpose of the law of Moses? To defeat the power of the flesh. Amen? For the spirit to finally win. Amen? Amen? But it wasn't complete because something else, the flesh actually had to die. You don't just dominate the flesh, you kill it. Amen? That's what happened with the love of God in Christ. He came and he took all our flesh issues and he put them on the cross. He put them to death. Amen? (laughs) And that law in the members that Paul was talking about It was killed. What did it do? It did away with the the need to follow a law anymore. That's true. But it also provided freedom from the dominance of the law in the flesh. Because that did not go away. Right. (laughs) Right? That was before the law of Moses. And that's still wanting to dominate us right now if we don't see it for what it is. We can still yield to the flesh. How many have yielded to the flesh recently? I have yielded to the flesh, right? Now, it's not a point of, no, there's no condemnation. That's what you get to in Romans 8. To who? To those who are not in the flesh, but are in the spirit. What have we been given in Christ? We've been given a new spirit. But now we need to let the spirit win. Amen? Isn't this good? Praise God. So, Romans 8. And this is where we get to. I'm just going to read through some of it. Is this good this morning? It's so important for us to understand where our power lies. It's not in our ability to do anything in the flesh. Jesus came to remove the flesh as a factor. Amen? As something we have to be conformed to in a religious form. But also, and and this is the problem. A lot of times people want to just remove the law and say, you can't tell me anything I can do or not do. No. Jesus came to take away your right to say you can do whatever you want to do. He came to put to death the power of the flesh to dominate you in a religious way. And also... From a passion of your flesh. Can you see the necessity of seeing both sides of this? Amen. Because you can get free from a religious law. And still be bound in the flesh. Right? In fact, I've seen people that. To to completely be free from a, a religious law, you would have to understand way more about that law to make sure you're never violating the possibility that you might be conforming to that law. You see that? It's kind of silly. He said, no, let's just take that out of the equation altogether. Let's put to death the flesh. 
And let's let, let's let the spirit come alive. Amen? So, I'm just going to read through Romans 8, starting in verse 1. There's therefore no, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh. What does that mean? That means the flesh doesn't get to win, but the spirit gets to win. Man, this sounds like something that, uh, <laughs> I'll just say this real quick. We've been watching tennis a little bit. Anybody watch tennis? I, I had some friends that took their picture with um, Tiafo. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with him or not. He was a guy that was like in the semifinals. I was kind of pulling for him. You know, he's an American. And uh, so I started watching some of this stuff, and it's like, man, these guys are amazing. They can go for like four or five hours and, and still be hitting like 130 mile an hour, you know, serves and stuff. And, it's like, and I was just sitting back in my chair and I told Kim, I said, uh, maybe I should be a tennis player. <laughs> 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 you know, and that sounds kind of silly, you know, it's like, or, or maybe I should coach a tennis player. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> And you know what? The flesh will lead you. <laughs> well, hang with me just a little bit, though, because um, there are different levels of tennis players. I can actually serve the ball. I can actually return the ball. But am I a tennis player? Well, you could say I am. I, I hit the ball over the net. You know, I kind of return it once in a while. And... Here's the wonderful thing about what we're looking at here is, is what we've been given in Christ takes a tennis player in the U.S. Open to another level. The potential yeah. of the spirit winning over the flesh. Do you see this? Yeah. That we can't just sit back in our armchair and say, yeah, I got that. By grace, I'm an overcomer. I'm more than an overcomer. Jesus said I'm more than an overcomer. Oh, I missed that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and this is not to be condemnation, but this is to open up the possibility for us that unless we're pressing towards this, yeah, amen? And, and, and there's our part. We're going to get to this. This is God's part. This is what he did for us. Okay, I'm not... Something really good right here. Yeah. Your spirit can be trained just like your flesh can be. And that's what's required, what you're talking about right yeah. now. You have to be trained. And spiritual, when you when you train yourself to recognize when you're slipping or things are trying to cause you to go away, you shouldn't go or you're not listening or that's called spiritual maturity. When you start to recognize those things, and spiritual maturity delivers us into spiritual consistency, because if we don't have consistency in this area, then we're going up and down, up and down, and you know. Baby Christians, just like a baby a baby, doesn't act the same as an adult, hopefully. <laughs> and the same should be spiritually speaking. We, those of us, most of us in this room probably are, we're very adult spiritually. We've been in Christianity a long time. We've been in the word a long time. And hopefully you are in the word every day. And that's where your spiritual maturity comes in. Because the word of God is being put first in your life. And you know what the word says about the situation. So when you're challenged, you know, whatever it is, even about, I think the biggest part is knowing who you are in Christ. And then you can say what the word says about you rather than what you're feeling or what you're, 
what you're thinking or and that spiritual maturity is no that's not what god says about me you get up one day and feel like a, a loser you feel like a failure you're you're not seeing change in your body. You're believing God for change in your finances, whatever. And you're feeling like every one of us, let me just tell you, every one of us deal with this, no matter how long you've been a Christian. I know some Mondays we get up and we're like, ooh, are we affecting anything? Are we doing, you know, it's just like, and the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he tries to tell us things. And we, but we have to stay built up and strong in the Lord and that's where that maturity comes in. When the maturity is there, then there's the consistency. Amen. Amen. So this is what this is what God did to in sending Jesus. This is exactly what he was attacking. It was the power of the flesh to win over the spirit. And and when we we can't just put our own thoughts or our own feelings to anything and expect to, this is where we, we, we have to grow in this. It's something we, we develop. Let me just start in verse three of, of Romans eight there. Uh, it says, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, because there was a, another thing going on in its flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Right. Amen? So this is God's approach in Christ is to take a spiritual condition and to bring a solution to it. Amen? Oh, it's so important for us to have this perspective of what we're going through in our life. It's not just circumstances. It's not just consequences of, of choices. It's something spiritual. Yes. Yes. Amen? Yes. We, we want to just succumb to conditions of life and not recognize that there is a spiritual force at work. Right? Let me keep going here just a little bit in this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. That's what you're talking about. You have to, there's going to be a part that we have to play in this. This is what God's provided in Christ as a way to triumph over the flesh. But it's where you're setting yourself. It's what you're choosing to do. It's like, if I'm going to become a tennis player, I'm going to have to choose to crawl out of bed in the morning and spend a few hours on the court listening to somebody tell me how badly I'm doing what I'm doing at the moment so that I can make some adjustments and improve, right? <laughs> this is partly why we come together, not to just see what's wrong, but to give direction to how we grow in this. This is the life that we have. It's a spiritual life. We've already been given triumph over it. The, the flesh has already been put to death. What we want to do all the time is say, ooh, this is a condition of my flesh that I'm just going to have to put on. Oh, send me to glory. Let me just go on beyond this one. Let this flesh. You know what? This flesh has already died in Christ. If we can learn to follow the spirit, yeah. right? For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. That's kind of what I was te texting that, that just the peace uh, person, I'm saying, I'm sorry, but you are disqualified in my mind because you don't even listen to the spirit of God in any way. Amen? I don't know if she's going to... Uh, I think it was a she. 
going to respond anymore. I think I might have gotten off of her list. Um, so those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We can't just say, grace has made it so that God likes me no matter what. Well, he likes us. He loves us so much. He sent Jesus to kill our flesh, kill, kill the things that are actually going to uh, destroy us. Amen? <laughs> and make it so that, how is God pleased? How is God pleased with us? He's pleased by faith, isn't he? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But what do we do when we actually believe in him? We're not believing from a natural realm. We're not believing with our flesh. We're not believing from circumstances. We're believing from our spirit. It's our spirit that believes. Amen? So there's a necessity for there to be an understanding right now. We're talking to men, we're talking to minds, aren't we? We're, we're listening with ears and it's going into our brains. And, it's, and you know what the word of God does? Though? It goes past the understanding to the heart. And the things of God will be understood with the heart before they're understood with the mind. And that's why we have to go to the Spirit of God. Amen? But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Can you say that? I am not in the flesh, but I am in the Spirit. <laughs> because God dwells in me. Does God dwell in you? You know, what the enemy wants to do is to turn that around and tell you that you are in the flesh. To make everything about how you look, to make everything about how your circumstances are, how much stuff you got, uh, what you have before you, right? He wants to make it all about that. And, and, and you have to say, all right, there's a, there's a lot of things that I'm going to deal with in my flesh here, but that's not who I am. I'm in the spirit. Amen? Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ... He is not his. So, let's don't get judgmental here. But there is our part to play, and you want to... Um, yeah, let's read this. Um, A.W. Tozer. Did you guys know his name was Aiden? I just found that out. Aiden. Anyway, the spirit-filled life is not a special deluxe edition of Christianity. It is part and parcel of the total plan of God for his people. And... Um, I don't know if I have time to read this really quickly, but I just was something I looked at last night, 1 Peter 3, 4. That's not up there, but it says, But let it be the hidden man of the heart in which it is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God great a, a great price. In the sight of God of great price. So the heart of man, it, there is a great price when our heart is connected and directed towards the Lord. And this, I don't know if you guys know who Rick Renner is, but he has some really amazing books and he talks a lot about um, some Greek things. I'm not going to go long, so don't get nervous. But um, he talks about the scripture, how Paul was referring to this word cardia with a K is the word heart. Isn't that interesting? Cardia, cardiac list. Anyway, the heart is uh, the word cardia and it gives us a powerful insight regarding the human spirit. The heart is the central vital organ of the body. Although the heart is invisible to natural sight, the human body cannot live without it. We can't see our heart, but we know it's there. The heart has a direct impact on every single part of the body and is pumping blood through arteries, many blood vessels, blah, blah, blah. Paul uses the word cardia to let us know that the human spirit is very similar to the natural heart. Although the human spirit is invisible to the eyes, it is vital to life. According to James 2.26, where there is no spirit, the physical body dies. The spirit is the life-giving force within a human body. So when there's no spirit, you die. 
there's, there's no life. So the natural heart pumps blood into every part of the body and influences a person's ability to live and function. Similarly, whatever is produced in the human spirit determines the ultimate outcome of a person's life. Whatever is in your spirit determines the outcome of your life. If a person's spirit is filled with darkness, it will pump darkness in every part of your life. On the other hand, if a person's spirit is filled with the life of God, it will pump life in every part of that person's being. Whatever is in the spirit is exactly what will be reproduced in the person's life and conduct. <laughs> That's why this is the battle. That's why. That's why there's a, a battle for your heart. Yeah. And, and if he can the, get the heart, he has your life. That's why the scripture says in Proverbs to guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. Exactly. Yeah. We want to focus we, on all the other things. We want to fix our body, and that's important. I'm all about fixing my body. I'm all about fixing what I'm eating and exercise and all those things in the mind. We want to, we want to you know, be educated and all those things. Those things are important. But how much time are we spending on renewing and building up our spirits? Right. Yeah. That's yeah. the most important part of our body. And, 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 our and here's, here's the amazing thing about God's love towards us in doing this in Christ is, is he didn't come to just put another bondage on us. Right. <laughs> he didn't come to say, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get this whether you like it or not. It's a continual choice of ours. To, but it's wonderful. And this, this is why I'm talking about the refiner thing. I'm thinking, you know, this is a wonderful thing to have stuff burned off of us. To have the flesh burned off. You know that the flesh in the Old Testament with the old law, it was a it was a sweet smelling fragrance before God. A sacrifice. It kind of stinks to me. You know, it's kinda of like I grew up in eastern Colorado and there are feedlots out there and it smells like, you know, cattle cattle poop pretty bad. But to a farmer that smells like money, you know. The same thing that it smells bad to us. To God, smells like righteousness. It smells like holiness. It smells like blessing. Yeah. Yeah. And He says, "I want you to smell the same thing that I do when your flesh burns." Amen. You can win here. Yeah. You can win. <laughs> so, to 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 be in Christ, to walk in the Spirit, and and this is up to us. Yeah. This is what he, he leaves it with us, but it requires revelation, doesn't it? It requires understanding. It requires not just taking things for the way they seem, but to understand, oh, there's a spiritual thing that I can affect here, yeah. right? So Galatians 5, and Galatians is so wonderful talking about this. He says, I say then, walk in the Spirit. It's an inevitable thing that will change. When we walk in the Spirit, we cannot help but be victorious. So if you're going through something, you say, oh, man, this seems like it's overwhelming. Get in the spirit. Get in the spirit. We'll look at some tools here real quick. But it says, and you shall not be overcome by the flesh. Fulfill the lust of the flesh. You will not be drawn into, what does it say? The flesh leads to death, doesn't it? So that won't happen if you can just walk in the spirit. And this, this was not possible before Christ. We have a, we're a new creation in Christ, right? I am who he says I am. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led, who gets led? And people that choose to follow. You know? 
You can, you can take off. This is something that I've heard about leadership. If you're, if you're uh, going for a walk and nobody's following you, you're just going for a walk by yourself. You're not really leading anybody, right? And the Holy Spirit all the time is leading us. He's always going for a walk. The Holy Spirit every day, he's going for a walk. And it's up to us to choose to follow. And when we do, we're being led. Amen? But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So it, it's, it's even what Christ did for us requires us following the Spirit for it to be effective in our life. Otherwise, we're still under the law. <laughs> now, the works of the flesh are evident. I'm just going through these real quick. And, and, and they're all... He says, I'm just making a list here real quick. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred. Now, you know, that all sounded like all a bunch of sexual stuff. But then he gets into hatred, right? That sounds pretty political to me. Contentions, <laughs> jealousies, outbursts of wrath. Anybody ever have that happen? This is just natural stuff where our flesh is getting its way, right? <laughs> Selfish ambitions. Oh, but we're supposed to be ambitious. We're supposed to be successful in life. But when it begins to occupy and dominate your heart and you can no longer listen and follow the voice of the Spirit, even ambitions can be detrimental and destructive. Amen? Dissensions, hearsays, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Unless, of course, you've signed on the card and now you're a Christian. No, because the purpose of Christ's coming was to take you into a place where the flesh no longer dominates, right? And if the flesh is still dominating, the purpose of Christ isn't being accomplished, is it? But we're not in the flesh, are we? Remember? Say, I'm not in the flesh. I'm, I'm in the spirit. But that's a choice we have to make. Amen? Can you see how powerful that is? It's like, refine me. Burn me. You're the refiner. Burn me. That becomes a positive thing. Wow, the spirit's going to win in me, right? But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. Those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. How do you crucify the flesh? You just follow Christ in his destruction of your flesh. Amen? And you allow it to be something that is no longer dominating you because you become more spirit-driven than flesh-driven. Amen? If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. That means the spirit's come to live inside of me, right? But it's not enough just for him to live there. I got to walk. That means my next step has to be decided by the spirit, not the flesh. This is not a condemnation thing. This is a following thing. Man, we just become aware of the spirit and it's a wonderful thing. It's a glorious thing. It's so much better and what the flesh can come up with. That's what I think is so ironic about a lot of the progressive things. Uh, they call it progressive. It's actually digressive. So you can come up with something better than our Constitution. 
you? You can't even write a good sentence. That was something else that I texted this person. I said, another thing you need to notice is if you're going to be a good, uh, you know, contender here, you need to learn how to write. They weren't writing in their text right. It's like, goodness. And you're expecting me to vote for you, you know? But that's how it should be with the flesh. The flesh always is really bad at stuff. And the spirit is always really good. There's no loss. You're not losing a thing. Amen? It's not a magical thing. The Holy Spirit enables us. He, he is within us. And I know, you know, sometimes we don't hit the mark and we might feel under condemnation or whatever. And I, I want to just in, encourage people because I don't want you to think, well, I'm missing it. I'm not getting this. Uh, we're, you know, I must not be a very spiritual person. The thing is, is the more we're in his presence, we're in his word, we have an understanding of what his will is in our life. And like I said Wednesday, in order to get his will in your life, you got to get his word in your mouth. you got to have an understanding of his, his purpose in your life. And the more you follow after those things, instead of it, what it does is it replaces those desires within your heart. You start to have his desires for your life rather than just your own. And you're not having a, a, a pursuing of your own heart. It's all of a sudden your heart's desires are his desires. And so you're not warring with that flesh because your flesh is yielded over to what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. And I like what uh, our brother-in-law said. Have you ever walked by a, a casket and walked by a dead person and they've responded to you? Have you teased them and set up joke or whatever? Have they responded to you? No, they're dead. <laughs> There's no response from a dead person. And so when somebody says something to you, have you ever had somebody say something to you that just really made you mad? And you just kept your mouth shut. Your head might be blowing off, but <laughs> but you just got to keep your mouth shut. And you just followed the spirit when you did you that. You just followed the spirit, yeah. you know. And yeah. I really think walking in love is the biggest part of this. Yeah. And we get that. And that's where we're going to get to here. And yeah. Getting in the presence of God it yeah. enables us. It's the enablement of the presence. It empowers us. Amen. So we this. just have a couple more things here, and that's our part in this. How do we do this? How how do we walk yeah. in the spirit? And the first part I, I want to just and we're just opening up the the recognition of this until you see that this is what's going on. You're not going to do anything about it, right? The more you the more you put a focus on something, the more you're going to be able to deal with it. And, um, and, and again, there's no condemnation. There's just walking. God's not, he's not wanting to look backwards at all. He's always wanting to look forwards. Let's always go forwards. Amen? And we're not going to make every step right. But, but the ones that are right, boy, we get encouraged in those. Amen? But, so first, Peter, first thing is to be aware and be prepared. So if we're going to, if you're going to be a good tennis player, you're going to have to be aware of what it takes to do it, and then you're going to have to be prepared. So we have to be aware. You have to be sober. You have to be vigilant. That means you're aware of what's going on. You're aware of what the word says about things. And then you're aware that this isn't just circumstances. This isn't just what you're feeling. There is an enemy that's out to destroy you. And he's a spiritual force. He's not going to be something you just like you can't see your own heart. You're not going to be able to see the enemy on the outside. <laughs> Most people are not aware of, of the darkness in the world. I mean, they know it, they, they can feel it, 
But most people don't have an understanding that there is an enemy. I, I'll just tell you one time when I was traveling with Brother Hagen, I was staying in a hotel room by myself. I was young, and we were dealing with a lot of spiritual forces with that ministry, and I'm a heavy sleeper. I woke up in the middle of the night, looked up, and I saw a demon standing next to my bed. It was the spirit of death. I know, I know what it was. And I never experienced, I never welcomed it. I never knew, but it was in the room. It was, and I just want to encourage you when you go to hotels, pray over your hotel room. But there is an enemy and there are spiritual forces and it is very real. The, the, the spiritual is real. The spirit realm is real. So we have to be aware. And, and what the enemy wants to do, and, and, it, and the rest of this, you're familiar with this, is he's walking around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may, may devour. May. Who, who, who may he devour? Somebody who opens their heart up. Right. The only access he has to devour is an open door into your heart. And that's where, that's where what entertains you determines your doors opening to the enemy. What entertains you determines your doors opening to the enemy. Sometimes you can say, well, this isn't bothering me. I, I'm watching this. I'm, I'm in, but if your heart is open to be entertained by something, yeah. it's being led by that thing. Yeah. And it's determining your ability to actually follow your conscience and your spirit to do what's right. That's why it becomes critical. Yeah. These things, it's not being prudish. It's, it's being free. What's occupying, what's occupying your entertainment world will occupy your mind, and what's occupying your mind will come out of your mouth, and then you'll fill your house up with whatever it is that's coming. And, you, and, and what happens is you, you subsequent to that, you, you, you experience a, a, an oppression, a depression. Sometimes people are going through a depression that is just the result of an opening. You know, the, these kids that shoot those things, they've opened their heart up to entertainment of things that is, has cultured an ability to follow that vision of a spiritual vision to go and do something that is so destructive. And it's always going to destroy somebody else. It's always going to get somebody else involved, right? Now, here's something that I just want to touch on real quick, though. In the recognition of the spirit world, what the enemy always wants to do, and in these movies, and I would encourage you not to watch any of these these, uh, you know, demon movies and stuff like that. Because what it wants to do is exalt what Satan does. Yeah. You know, even in a story like she just told, oh, wow, that's the real spiritual world. And that is ominous. And, and you don't realize that the greater one is in you. Yeah. Well, I just said far. I rebuke you, devil, and I went back to sleep. I, I didn't tell the end of the story. Yeah, but, but a lot of times, you know, when you hear a story like this, oh, that's the real spiritual. No, what you're going through every day is the yes. real spiritual world, yes. and you have to know that the greater one is in yes. you. Yes. And he is a spiritual force that the enemy, that's undefeated. Yeah. Amen? <laughs> and, and you know, at the beginning of it, we talked about what would it be like if you could just fix your conscience? You would never make a wrong choice. This is what God wants to lead us into. This is God's passion for us. Amen? That's why he sent Jesus. Let's fix the flesh issue. Let's let the, let's let the spirit win. Amen? Uh, so we, what do we have to do? We have to become vigilant. We have to be aware of what's going on. Right? And... Uh, we have to recognize that we're not going to war 
You don't war. You don't get. You don't try to quit doing something. You don't. It's not about that. We don't war. In, we war in the realm of the spirit. Jesus said, "My words are spirit, and they are life." Amen. Amen. So when the enemy's going to come against us, it's like I said. The whole problem with our nation right now is a bunch of talking heads. That's all it is. It's not actual material forces. It's talking heads that are moving people to follow after thoughts. That's all it is. There are thoughts that are being lifted up above God. That's why my little text with this person is you're not even considering what God says about anything. That's what's wrong with our nation today. No consideration of God. And if you can't consider what God says, you're not having any right choice at all. Don't talk about pro-choice. You're not pro-choice. Because the only right choice is God. Amen? Okay, so I divert. Okay. For we don't walk in the flesh. We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. So, and, and casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. This has to become something, you know, this is something I noticed about these tennis players. You know what? They eliminate everything that's going to keep them from winning. Yeah. Right? There has to be an elimination from any thoughts, any, right? If we're going to get beyond just a, a, a lazy boy Christian, yeah. you know, sitting back in our chair with the remote. We're going to have to actually get out and follow the Spirit. How, what are we going to follow the Spirit? We're going to follow the thoughts of the Spirit. We're going to follow the ways of the Spirit, right? Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen? All right. I've got just a couple here. Or This is it. This is it. Oh, we're done. To be continually filled. So, so there's going to have to be vigilance, recognizing what the enemy is. There's going to have to be a putting God's thoughts above those other thoughts. Actually becoming entertained by God. Amen? Amen? Amen. <laughs> but then there's going to be a requirement also. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you're going you're to be dominant in everything. You'll ask what you will and it shall be done. Amen? Yeah. But what is that? He's given us his Holy Spirit for us to abide in him. Amen? This is a gift that, like, it's, it's, it's a major thing that we can utilize on a daily basis. Oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed in my flesh. I'm going to be filled with the Spirit. I can be being filled with the Spirit. It says, and do not be drunk with wine. What is that? That's where we're, we're following a flesh dominance. What happens when you get drunk with wine? Your flesh is completely given over by a substance, right? It says, don't do that, but do this. Be filled with the Spirit. If we're going to follow the Spirit, we have to be filled with the Spirit. If we're going to take every thought captive, we're going to have to have every thought full of a Spirit thought. You don't just void yourself of thoughts. Oh, I'm a mindless free person now. <laughs> no. You overcome those thoughts by filling up with his thoughts. Yeah. Amen? But that's not just scriptures. I encourage you with this. 
when you're being filled with the Spirit, allow your mind to be led by your Spirit. Yeah. Amen? This should be a practice, and this is why it might take a little bit of time. I encourage you, spend time praying in the Holy Ghost. It says pray without ceasing. Right? Why? Because our minds need to be in the presence of a spirit voice long enough for them to begin to follow the spirit in our minds. Amen? It's not just getting information. It's getting direction from the heart. Can you see that? So that's why this one is so important. And then we got have a, finally we have a, a, a quote here that I think is very good. And it, it pertains to what you've already said. This is all about our walk in the body of Christ. We've been, we've been born again not just so that we can have an island experience with God. <laughs> Amen? But so that we can have a body relationship with God. And there is no fulfilling our purpose in the body without walking in the spirit. You will not walk in the spirit and walk alone. Amen. Did I read it already? You haven't read this one. Okay. The first I don't think so. Great, I thought I did. First and great evidence of our walking by the spirit or being filled with the spirit is not some private mystical experience of our own, but our practical relationships of love with other people. So it's vital. Uh, how we treat one another. And um, I want to encourage you, don't just look at yourself and think, well, how are, is everyone treating me? But think of how you're treating other people. Are your words and your action and your attitudes, are they godly? Are they, are they walking in the, are they of the Spirit? Are they by the Spirit? Because a lot of times we'll respond thinking, well, I'm not being treated a certain way anyway, so I'm just going to act this way. And we can do that with spouses. You know, well, they don't treat me nice and they don't say the right thing and so they don't deserve it. <laughs> we don't treat people out of deserving. We treat people out of love because we love them and God loves them. And that's the love of God. Amen? Amen. And we have to put a guard on our lips especially, again, with spouses, because a lot of times we can feel freedom to say things that we shouldn't say. And um, words are very powerful, and they are very hurtful. And so I want to just encourage, I feel like I'm speaking to somebody here, but it's really important that we are putting a guard on our lips. And word says to let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers and sometimes we can minister something other than grace to someone and we all fall short we all fall short but thank God today's a new day his mercies are new and we need to put a check put a check on our mouths and make sure that we're there's such a power in that saying the right in, things because a lot of times we, we want to just say well uh, they deserve that because of what they've done mm -hmm. and and the deception in that is goes to the, to the to the crux of what we're talking about today Things aren't just as they seem. Right. Just because somebody's acting a certain way doesn't disqualify them. No, there's a spiritual force at work. If they're, if they're dealing with something, yeah. our only way of, of, of approaching that is by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. it's, not just, it's not just trying to decide, well, I guess I'm going to have to walk in love again. It's not that kind of approach. Well, it just it's, reminds me of what Jesus said on the cross. 
He said, Father, for the joy that was there before him. Well, yeah. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Because a lot of times people don't really realize there's a spiritual there underlying. There is yeah. a spiritual thing going on in them, and you're responding on what's going on in them, and so it just creates a, a yeah. big strife filled thing. And, you know, and the devil's going, strife, Yay! Every evil work <laughs> abounds. And he's having a big meal. <laughs> devil. So, anyway. Yeah. We're, we're, um, we're so thankful that we have the Holy Ghost on the inside of us to enable us to do this. Amen. Amen. And it's important that you keep yourself stirred up in the spirit. Stay in the word. Stay in worship. Keep yourself filled up. I was thinking this morning when we were praying, we, it's important that we stir ourselves up. Stir yourself up in the spirit on a day-to-day -day basis. Amen. So that you don't get into that place of the flesh and fulfill those things that the flesh is trying to drive you towards. Amen. Amen. There's a driving force in our nation today. It's a very dark driving force. And, and it is trying to pick up everybody along with it. It's like a river that's flowing. And it's trying to take everybody with it. And I refuse to get caught up in that dark spirit that's taking place in our nation right now. We are the children of the light. And there should be a different spirit coming forth from us. Amen? Amen. We don't fear Amen. it and we don't follow it. Right. That's good. We yeah, yeah, we're the leaders in this. Praise God.